0: the holy gospel is recorded by saint matthew in the 11th chapter we rise at the life of our lord at that time jesus continued i praise you father lord of heaven and earth that you have hidden these things from clever and learned people and have revealed them to little children yes Father, because this was pleasing to you. Everything has been entrusted to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son wants to reveal him. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Because I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. These are your words. Heavenly Father, sanctify us through your truth. Your word is truth. Amen. Amen. Can you remember being a kid? Can you remember the thrill of each new morning and the wonder of each new day? Can you remember when a week seemed like an eternity and it was a lifetime between Christmases? Can you remember nursery rhymes and fairy tales and thinking that all stories, had a happy ending, and that the world was full of handsome princes and of beautiful princesses? Can you remember when your father seemed like the smartest man in the world and your mother was the most beautiful woman? Those were the days of childhood and the long days of summer. As we grew up, we lost much of that childhood innocence. But in our text for this morning, Jesus is taking us back to those days. He's referring to us who are gathered here as little children. He's lauding the characteristics of childhood. And so, As our sermon text, I want to take you back to the first two verses of today's gospel reading. At that time, Jesus continued, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from clever and learned people and have revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, because this was pleasing to you. Do you have such a childlike faith as Jesus here praises in our text? Why does a childlike faith last forever? To answer that, let's first talk about the faith of the clever and learned people. That's a wisdom that claims to know many things. It's the wisdom that we find all around us. But is it the best? Now, Jesus is not here putting down knowledge. He's not putting down education. That's also a special gift from him. What Jesus is talking about here is the spiritual knowledge that we know as faith. When Jesus is speaking here, it's right after he had spoken his words of condemnation upon two cities in Galilee. He'd been performing many miracles there. These cities were populated mostly by Jews who were the ethnic and religious descendants of the people of Israel. It was also to these people that God had revealed his plan of salvation. But when these people stood face to face with the Savior who was made flesh, they didn't recognize him. The reality of this simple man from Nazareth didn't match their grand expectations. It wasn't that God was making it obscure or difficult for them. After all, he'd just been performing miracles among them. They rejected Jesus because they thought they were too clever or too smart to see what God put before them, which was his power, his mercy, his grace. salvation. The people in these two cities were examples of the clever and learned people who claim that we can always find a solution to whatever ills face us. If there's a problem, we think we should be able to find the answer. Often we forget that the ills and the accidents and the troubles And dare I say, pandemics, which we experience in this life, are all the result of sin when the world went awry. God's wisdom, his truth, remains hidden today, even from many people who think they are wise. You see, human wisdom would have you believe that worshiping anything and everything is equally valid. That any and all gods are true gods if you sincerely believe enough. That you can save yourself if you work hard enough. These are lies that Satan and our own human minds make up to make us confident in ourselves, to make us think that we are ever so smart. But really, all of this is a description of the impenitent sinner who is filled with his own idea. He thinks that God can't tell him anything more than what he already knows, and he's happy with that. And so Jesus says in our text, God has hidden these things from clever and learned people. Not because God doesn't love them, but because they don't want anything to do with God and God has given them what they have desired. It's not that God wants us to be simpletons or childish in our faith. It's because that those who think they are clever and learned all by themselves are the ones who forget about God. That kind of knowledge doesn't us. It condemns us. It doesn't do a thing to take us back to Eden. We're still left in a fallen world, clothed with the dirty, torn rags of our sins. With St. Paul, we must say, I know that nothing good lives in me, that is in my sinful nature, for I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out for what I do is not the good I want to do. No, the evil I do not want to do I keep on doing. So Jesus then says that only those who are willing to receive the kingdom like children will find it. The faith of a little child stands in sharp, sharp contrast with the knowledge of the clever and learned. Because what's a little child like? A little child has no preconceived ideas. He's willing to learn. A little child is trusting and believing. A little child will come running and jump into your arms, confident that you're going to catch him and not let the child fall. This is the childlike trust that we call faith. It's why Jesus says, unless you turn and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of God. Think of that great contrast. The hiding of things from the clever and learned and the revealing them to little children. Notice this in particular. This striking contrast confirms once again that salvation is by grace alone and not by anything we can do. Small children don't know much. They can't boast about their great knowledge. You have to work all day to earn, to earn a paycheck to buy food to put on the table, but an infant doesn't work. A small small child can't do anything of monetary value. She just receives food from her mother. But that's exactly the point. This perfectly describes our relationship with our Heavenly Father. He is the Father and we are the children to whom he gives everything by undeserved grace. The wonder of God's grace is so arranged that nothing is required of us. Nothing more than that which is known of a little child. If high intelligence were required, many people automatically would be excluded. If we had to bring something, we couldn't do it. But everything necessary for our salvation comes from God himself. This is grace, God's redemption at Christ's expense. The triune God has done everything necessary for our salvation. His forgiveness through Jesus Christ is so simple that it can be grasped by a little child. In fact, Jesus himself became a little child born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. Contrary to all human understanding, Jesus' perfect life and innocent death on the cross made us right with God. The blood that he shed upon the cross for my sin and your sin. And on the third day, he rose again from the dead. That's mind boggling and beyond our understanding. But it's true. Jesus. Resurrection is the assurance that the Father forgives his children for every time that we have failed to live as his children or have brought shame upon his holy name. To all who believe on his name, he gives the power to become the children of God. God loves you as greatly as a parent loves his children. And he gives you all good things food and clothing, home and family, property and goods, and all that we need to support this body and life. God has revealed these simple things to little children. Just ask any of the children who are here today. They know the gift of Jesus' salvation through his death and resurrection. And we, who are adults, receive that same gift through water, word, and wine. Today, you're being called a child. It's a compliment to be called a child. That is, to be called a child of God. Being called a child of God is nothing selfish. Rather, being called a child of God is the greatest and grandest title that you can be given because it's a title of honor bestowed upon you by a loving father. The apostle says, See the kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God. And he has also said, if we are children, then we are heirs. Heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. As a child of God, you can trust your Savior no matter what Satan may say or no matter what the world may throw at you. Jesus invites you saying, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Childlike faith lasts forever. This is the faith with which we can face a complicated world. Not with the wisdom of the world that can scare us or which claims to know everything but with the humility and trust of the little child who rests in his father's arms, who trusts Jesus as his Savior, and who daily is filled with the Spirit. Childlike faith lasts forever. This is how we live, and this is how we will die. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, now and forever. Amen. And now, having heard the words of our Lord.